Stressed out? Need sleep? The cold weather bringing out those aches and pains or arthritis? There's never been a better time to try cannabis. Check out the greenhouse of Walled Lake and learn about the natural way to relax and escape all that 2020 stress. The greenhouse is locally owned and they love helping people who are new to cannabis. They've got a great flower selection of the best Michigan-grown buds and the biggest pre-roll selection around. Don't want to smoke? No problem. There's vape carts, tinctures, concentrates, and everyone's favorite, edibles, like gummies, chocolates, peppermint bark, breath sprays, even the original Mackinac Island fudge. So check out the greenhouse of Walled Lake. 21 and over welcome, no med card needed. They also offer senior and veterans discounts and have a great loyalty rewards program. The Greenhouse of Walled Lake. That's greenhousemi.com. Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me on this Tuesday. Tomorrow, of course, is Inauguration Day. We turn the page on the last presidential election from 2020 for the new president and vice president going into office. But here in Detroit, we have another election that is getting ready to spin up in earnest. And uh, as you saw on this program last week, I interviewed an old friend of mine, M.L. Elric, who is running for the fourth uh, district seat on Detroit City Council. Well, I'm pleased to welcome today another friend of mine, Tucson Knight, who, of course, is seeking that same seat in District 4. And uh, for full disclosure, Tucson and I worked very closely together uh, in the city of Detroit. He was the deputy district manager for District 4. Uh, He's an East English Village resident, as a matter of fact, but somebody that I worked very closely with when I was at the Detroit Land Bank Authority. I'm glad I cannot vote in this election because I have a lot of people seeking the same seat that I'm familiar with. Tucson Knight, welcome to the Craig Folly Show. It's a pleasure to have you with me today. Uh, Thanks for having me, man. I I really appreciate it. I'm excited, you know, to talk with you about my plans. Well, and and let's just sort of give people a little bit of your background here. As I mentioned, you were the deputy district manager for the district that you were running for for city council. Uh, You also have been a a dean of students uh, in the Detroit Public Schools Community District and working with youth uh, at Western Academy. Is that correct? Yeah, Western International High School. Okay, very good. Um, And and so, I mean, obviously, uh, you talk about kids a lot and, and mentoring young people. I follow your social media feeds. I've been keeping uh, track of what you've been up to uh, since you left uh, city government. Uh, talk a bit about what motivates you to do the work that you're doing right now in the city. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Um, I always tell people, I start my story at Oakwood University in Huntsville, Alabama. It was a small school and I was excited to go there because really I didn't have many other options to, uh, to attend college. And when I went down to Oakwood, you know, people looked out for me that has never looked out for me, you know, that I never would even dream would have looked out for me. You know, I had one lady, she helped me pay for college. She gave me a place to stay and treated me like family. And so what I learned at Oakwood, our motto is enter to learn, depart to serve. And so that they instill that into you every single day that you are there. When you leave here, your role is to depart to serve your communities. Well, but let's talk about council for just a second and why you decided that this was the role you wanted to take on. And we'll get into some of the differences between district managers and council in just a bit. But but why council at this point in time? Yeah, I think that yeah, if you look at what's going on in the city, people want individuals that are accessible. They want people to understand their concerns. And of course, I've been in, in the district for for years, just like mentoring kids um, dealing with uh, community concerns. And that's what they want somebody with counseling. And I think it'll be exciting to take on that role and be accessible to the community and handle each and every one of their issues. 
You know, obviously it's it's a little bit different in terms of the role that you had before. District managers, their job yeah. is to solve problems. Uh, yeah. You are there to answer residents' concerns, take those phone calls 24-7, basically. Mm-hmm. And you can actually have an impact on people's daily lives by getting somebody from a department to actually look into a problem and do something. Council's a little bit different. It's a legislative position. You don't have that same ability. Um do you are, are you concerned at all about the expectations of residents uh, compared to how they knew you before and what your new role might be? Yeah, well, I've always thought about it like this. As counsel, you're an advocate as well. So you advocate for the citizens. So although I might not be able to tell the department head, hey, I need you to go do this. You know, I could at least have some type of influence. Like, hey, this resident's having issues. Can you help resolve them? And I believe what residents want, especially in District 4, is for people to answer their concerns and get them to the right people that can uh, handle their their issues. And so I did that as a district manager. I would do that as a council member. I'm not going to say, hey, oh, my role is only legislative. I can't handle any of your concerns. I'm going to make sure that they find the, you know, the right concern, the right department. I'm going to make sure they find the right people to contact um, so that they are happy. And I think that's what public servants do. Well, talk about that relationship between the district managers and council. I know when it was first formed and and you and I were both there at the very beginning of this system, there was some concern on the part of council that the district managers was basically like a recruiting tool, finding people to to run for these positions. But in reality, it's it's changed a little bit. Uh, Talk about the level of cooperation uh, that you've had with with Andre Spivey, who is currently occupying that seat. Yeah, it's been, you know, really awesome. Uh, when I was a deputy district manager, I could talk to him about certain issues. He could also um, hit me up like, hey, man, I got this resident. She need a tree removed. Can you help her out? So it, it was a very, uh, I, I love the relationship. We worked together. Now, of course, that wasn't a relationship with every district manager, every council member, because his personalities at the end of the day. So, but I absolutely love working with the council member. And we, not only did we uh, talk about business. You know, we we talked about personal things. I even went to uh, Councilman Andre Spivey's church and preached for him uh, one week. So I'm a, we we had a great relationship. Well, and, you know, if, if you talk about District 4 and let's sort of get back to what you were saying, you know, you want to advocate for for the needs of the district. From your perspective, what things need to be addressed in D4? Oh, when you talk to the in- individuals, it is I, I tell you, it's the same issues that come up all the time. Um, people are looking for um, quality of life issues to be addressed. Like, why is it okay for people to party all night and I can't get any sleep? Why is it okay for my neighbor to park his boat up the street and I have to ride ride past that every single day and nobody responds to it? Um, No, why is it okay to leave your garbage can out? Just simple issues that people are looking at. I want to be safe when I go. I want to be able to walk to the neighborhood store and feel safe and feel like that's a great place to go and shop. And so it's the same issues. A lot, a lot of issues are coming up now is with um, over the over assessment. You know, that's a big thing ringing through a lot of people's ears and people are really upset and they want to uh, have issues, have those issues resolved. And I believe that, you know, just being in a role as a district, a deputy district manager before, I know exactly how to resolve these issues. I have the experience and I'm excited to do it. And, I, and I'm energetic, young, and I love working on people issues. You know, a lot of that sounds like, um, you know, basic quality of life stuff, but also code yeah. enforcement. I mean, there yeah. are rules on the books about all these sorts of things mm-hmm. in the city, as you and I both know, has struggled uh, to do what other communities haven't struggled as much to do. Why is it so difficult here, do you think, uh, to get people to adhere and also to get the city to enforce some of those codes? Well, I think it's, it's a broad issue. And 
you have to attack it from several different issues. So one of, one of the things I saw when I worked as a deputy manager is that if you form block clubs, more people will take pride into their community. If you have individuals that not only, you know, something that you all did at the land bank was try to find new homeowners. So if you own that home instead of um, renting the home, you might feel a lot more value to it. And so I believe that it's important as a council member to try to advocate for those type of programs, home ownership, more code enforcement and more block clubs to form. So people will feel pride in their neighborhood. Uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the renter issue, and, and this is something that you and I, of course, both dealt with as well. There was a lot of concerns about the, the growing number of renters in the community as opposed to homeowners. And you and I both worked to obviously to, to reverse that. Um, but right now we're seeing people in danger uh, again of, of foreclosure as a result of, of the COVID crisis and everything else. Uh, how big a concern is it to you about the stability of the neighborhoods that we deal with this in some capacity, whether it's property tax foreclosure, whether it's mortgage foreclosure, uh, or frankly, uh, people being evicted due to not pay non-payment of rent. Uh, how big an issue is this for you? You know, I, it's huge because as you stated, if all these things come collapsing down, what's going to happen? People are going to move out the city. People are going to have to move out of those homes. And then we already know what happens to vacant homes in the city. They get, um, they get vandalized. Uh, we get squatters moving into them. So, of course, we need to make sure that we address these issues head on and that we find meaningful solutions to keep people in their homes. So I know it's going to be it's like it's not a one size fits all type thing. You need to be able to find, you know, all type of solutions to keep our people in their homes. And I think that's important. If you want to if you want the neighborhood to grow, if you talk to citizens now, their thing is like, I want to leave because I feel like nobody takes this. Uh, street series. Nobody cares about it. So I'm not going to stay in a neighborhood where my next door neighbor doesn't care about their property. They let it fall, fall down, all that type of stuff. So I believe that you have to address that from an overall standpoint. And I'm looking forward to not only because I'm not going to sit here and, and act like I know all the solutions. I want to talk to the neighbors and ask them like, hey, what do you think should be done? Or how do you think, you know, this issue should be resolved? So th that's what I plan on doing in the next few months, just talking to the residents and hearing their concerns and and hearing their solutions as well. Well, and obviously District 4 uh, has a wide disparity in terms of income levels, uh, uh, you know, uh, neighborhood services are different depending on where you are, the level of vacancy, the level of abandoned structures. I mean, this is, uh, you've got you've got a little bit of everything in that district. Yeah. No two neighborhoods are the same. In fact, you know, you can say that the East English Village where, where you are is one neighborhood, but really there's there's differing levels of of abandonment uh, in, in even the quote unquote great neighborhoods in the city. Mm -hmm. uh, getting people to understand that you know where they're coming from. How do you do that? Well, you know, I believe I, I won't have an issue with that because um, I mentor kids all across the district. And as you stated, some of them stay in East Things Village. Some of them stay in the Demi neighborhood. Those are two different disparities. But we have to make sure that those people in the Demi neighborhood feel just as important as the individuals in East English Village. And what happens, you need to make sure that city services are responding for them as well. And if you talk to individuals that are north of 94, they feel like the city services are not responding, that they don't care about them. And one of the things I'm going to do is make sure I bring those neighborhoods together and make sure they have access not only to myself, but to city departments so that they resolve their issues. Tucson Knight is my guest right now. Again, he's a candidate for the 4th District of Detroit City Council. He's the former Deputy District Manager in District 4. He also works for the Detroit Public Schools Community District, and he has his own company, uh, which mentors kids and, and teens in the city of Detroit.
Uh, again, full disclosure, Tucson and I worked together uh, in the city of Detroit on a number of different projects over the years. Uh, you know, this is the question that I that I used to ask a lot when I was out in the neighborhoods talking to people at community meetings, block club meetings and things like that. I would ask them, I said, what is your quality of life right now? Uh, you know, where is it compared to what it was uh, a couple of years ago? And, and what needs to happen for you to be comfortable staying here for a long time? I'm going to ask you the same question. What needs to happen in Detroit for you to be comfortable staying there a long time? And obviously your roots are there. So you're not thinking about leaving. That's not what I'm suggesting, (laughs) but you know, what needs to happen to make it so that this is the right decision for you to stay? You know, I I think when you talk to the residents, um, like I said it before, they, I was talking to a a lady last week and she said that her neighbor has a party during the summer where er- almost every night in the summer, it's this loud band, it's this loud music. And she was like, someday she had to leave and get a motel just so that she'll be able to get some sleep. Now, if we cannot resolve that basic issue of keeping, uh, you know, making sure that somebody keeps their music down while the neighbors can sleep so they can get up and go to work in the morning, then we have, we, we, like, we can't solve any issue in Detroit. You know, that is a simple issue that should be able to resolve. If you look at houses that people are buying, as we saw in the land bank, uh, this nuisance abatement, you know, we had the lawsuits. People do not want to stay near abandoned houses. So if we have so many individuals that want to come to Detroit. They want to live in Detroit. But I'm not about to stay next to an abandoned house for years so people can break in. Then they end up breaking into my house or set that one on fire. Then my house gets set on fire. So you have those simple issues that people just want resolved. So one of the things, you know, that we did when we was in the mayor's office, we were able to get the houses boarded up, which before they used to just drop the boards in the driveway and say, hey, you know, try to figure it out. But now, you know, we push the mayor like, hey, people want these houses secured. And I think those are some of the simple things that you can do. You can board up homes. You can respond to those those nitpicky little issues that might not seem major. It might not be somebody getting shot, but somebody blasting their music every single day, that's a problem. And that's a problem for the residents. And we're going to have to address those. I'm going to make sure that I am as loud as that music is, making sure that those concerns are being resolved on a consistent basis so people will feel comfortable living in the city. Well, one thing that will happen if you are elected to Detroit Council is that people will call you with their problems, with the issues that they want to see fixed. Whether or not you have a direct hand in being able to do that is another story. But one of the big concerns I hear from people, especially on the east side, uh, is crime. Um, We've got a situation right now with Black Lives Matter where the relationship between citizenry and the police is strained. It's better in Detroit than it has been in a number of locations, but it is not it was not an easy summer here in Detroit. what do you need to do to convince residents that the council, the city, the mayor's office are actually looking at this in a way that is going to give them more confidence in law enforcement and their ability to deal with some of the crime that does take place? Yeah, yeah. And, and let me just say this, you know, one of my um, mentees um, this summer, which was, I don't know if you remember the story, but there was four young men sitting in a car and he was, one of them got killed. One of them got shot and was in critical condition. He literally, this happened in July. He literally just got to the hospital last month. And so I understand it on, on a personal level of what it's like. And, and one of the programs I volunteer for is ceasefire. And so ceasefire, we go out and like, we might get a call at 2 AM in the morning, you know, someone gets shot. And our job is to go out and try to make sure that there's no retaliation, that, um, we are working with individuals who were the victims of the gun violence, making sure that they are, you know, supported so that they won't feel like they have to return uh, f- 
fire and things like that. So I've been, I am proud to work for that program and I'm proud to be a part of it just to help, you know, limit the gun violence. And so I believe that as a city council member, there are certain things that we need to do. As I look at each and every day, kids need recreation. Um, district four is the only district that does not have a recreation center. So how do we find recreation for our young people? Because they need things to do. If you, if you keep them off the streets, you won't see as much crime. And I believe that the city and the mayor and the city council and the mayor need to work together to find uh, more funding for those type of programs. And I believe, like you said, the city of Detroit police have done a great job in trying to, you know, be community oriented. I worked. I also helped start a program called the Brotherhood uh, within the Detroit Police Department. And that's Detroit police officers mentoring young men. So now young men in the area, they're not afraid when the police pull up. They actually can call them like, hey, I had an issue or, hey, I'm going through something. Can you help me? And I know a number of times where the police have showed up because they have called. And so I believe that has helped with crime in the area. But of course, there's no one uh, one size fits all solution. So we need to find other ways to keep crime down. And I'm, I'm big proponents of programs like Ceasefire, the Brotherhood and other and other programs that can lower the crime in the city. Well, uh, Tucson, I, I do want to talk a little bit about economic development as well, because that's one of those things that creates a lot of suspicion in the community. And D4's got a lot of property that, uh, you know, is is ripe for development. Um, we're starting to see a number of projects go into place. Uh, residents often feel like they're not getting a piece of this in some capacity, that somebody is making money and, and they're not seeing the benefit, whether it's, you know, they want better community benefits ordinances or they want to see more jobs guaranteed for Detroiters and things along these lines. Um, how do you convince residents that a project is right for them? And and two, how are you going to gauge whether or not a development project is the right for your district? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And, and what you stated is so true. People always feel like they're being left out. Like, hey, why am I not getting a piece of this? Or why? how is the community going to benefit from all of this development? And um, one of the things that I think is important is, is, first off, community engagement. So making sure that the community is at the table. Now, of course, uh, you have to be reasonable in your request and make sure that, of course, it's a good deal for the developer and the community. So how do we look at that, um, you know, on, on an overall basis? But I believe that that is totally important to be able to bring the community to the table at each and every development. And somebody that's doing it really well now is Joe Ratchet. Like, you know, every week he's hosting a meeting and inviting the community to learn more about the developers, learn about not only what they want to develop about their stories and ask them questions and show them what they want. And so as a council member, I will definitely gauge what the community thinks and, I, and if it's a good deal for the city and I'll support it if it is. Well, Tucson, I, I do, you know, before we run out of time here, we've been going about 20 minutes already, which is yeah, great. Wow. Uh, but I, I do want to give you an opportunity to talk about something that you specifically would love to see uh, happen for the city of Detroit. If you could make anything happen for the city of Detroit as a council member, especially for your district, what do you think it would be? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So it's actually two things. One is like, as I was stating, when you walk up to like up the street, you should be able to have, go to businesses that you enjoy, that you want to go to, that you feel safe. So I would love to see uniformity. Like if I go up to Gross Point, right up the street here, you see uniformity in their business. The way it, it is presented is uniform. And that's the what I want to see in every dish. I love Seven Mile Illinois, what they did over there. You know, expanding the sidewalk, giving it a walkable area where individuals can go and walk and shop. I want to see that on East Warren. I want to see it on Jefferson and Jefferson Chalmers. And I want to see it over here on Harper Avenue next to my home. 
So that's one of the things that I, I, I would work on and try to push to find out how can we make our businesses more uniform and more safe to go to and shop and more presentable as well. Second, as I said earlier, we need a recreation center um, in the district. Now, I'm not coming on here promising a recreation center because I know that costs millions of dollars. But if th that's a dream. And, you know, I believe that if our kids had a place to go and they were able to play basketball, swim, do different things throughout the year, that will that will help a lot, especially in our district. We talked to a lot of citizens. They feel that that's the need as well. Well, Tucson, um, I appreciate the time that you've been able to give me today. Uh, and I know that we will talk again as yeah. this uh, race moves forward. I mean, it's the filing deadlines, not for a few more weeks. So we'll yeah. see who else gets into this race. But I've already My got two people. people. Uh, I know. It, it, I have a feeling it's going to be a pretty full house. But um, And I w encourage all of them uh, to yeah. join me on this program if they want to tell anybody why they should be elected. But uh, we will have policy discussions down the road as we get closer to all of this and um, as we start seeing where the issues fall. Uh, but we appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Again, Tucson Knight. He's the former deputy district manager in District 4, now a candidate for District 4 City Council seat. Andre Spivey currently holds that seat. It looks like he might be running at large. We'll, we'll know more by the filing deadline. Uh, but this could be a wide open field in this one, and we'll be watching it very, very closely. Uh, we appreciate you being with us today, and we appreciate all of you for checking out the program. We'll see you next time. Looking for the latest news and information about our great city of Detroit? Head to DeadlineDetroit.com for one-stop shopping for the most important stories of the day. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in town, providing original reporting, videos, and podcasts that keep you in the know about everything happening in Detroit. Become a member today, and you'll automatically be entered into a drawing for prizes, including gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Go to DeadlineDetroit.com membership.